everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You're very welcome along. It is uh, episode 16 of the seventh season of LOI Central. On today's show, delighted to have a first division team. And the team really today is of uh, players who have to juggle uh, actual work with League of Ireland uh, life and um, Basically, for the love of the game, for nothing else. Lee Stacey, who's the Cove Ramblers goalkeeper, and Chris Lyons um, playing for his hometown club, Bray, for the second spell, I think, with Bray. So we're going to have the two lads on. Um, as ever, we are in association with uh, Future Ticketing. Um, thanks so much for Future Ticketing for their continued support. Um, Enda's wedding that I referenced on the show is obviously upcoming. So Decky from Collar and Cove probably has had the lads in. If not, um, you know. I can't believe you've mentioned Ender's wedding uh, again. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I actually had some comments from people who, do, <laughs> Ender who, is. who don't know Ender about Ender's wedding, and they, they sort of feel like it's like, it's like kind of like the fire festival here. You know, it's going to end up with an absolute champions. If I ever get married, it'll be a complete fire festival job. Actually, if you don't know the reference, you you should look it up. Fire with a Y. We're also in association, obviously, with uh, Rascal's Brewery in Inchicore, um, putting up a lot of nice beers uh, of late, uh, particularly in this hot weather. Um, so I went y- there before the Pats game last oh, week. Oh, yes. How was it, Dan? Yeah, it was very yeah. good. Yeah, I'm partial to the, I keep calling it, is, is it Spudweiser? I think it is. It's a, it's a sort of a, it's a, it's a vegetarian pizza. I'm not having it because mm. it's some kind of health cake. It's just, it looks actually nice in the menu. So, um, and it's, it's quite nice. Yeah. Well, the, the mailbag is basically full of stuff today before we get to the lads, um, which will entail um, that game that you were at. Stephen O'Donnell's a long ways in the dress room after it's quite interesting. 11 p.m. Like, I, I think actually, I mean, we, the mailbag will cover a lot of talking points, but it was, um, I, mean, I say it was a dramatic night. Not anyone was watching Bo Shells. Like, this is the problem. Like, the TV games, like, oh, God, you know, I mean, it's just, just uh, one of those things, and, and two in a row haven't been great. Um, and shells would be paranoid if we blame them um, but I suppose their organisation comes at a price to a point but teams have to be good enough to break them down and, and it's not you know as I pointed out like Shamrock over shells was a brilliant TV game when shells got ahead um, but anyway Pats and that I mean Friday night so okay the game TV is rubbish you're there in the second half of the game and you're seeing all the updates come through from everywhere else, you know, and like Shamrock, there's another Shamrock Rovers being player being sent off. You sort of think it's a, it thought one of the live score apps was glitching. Mm. You know, they were just sending off players, you know, by accident because like they, they, they processed one and then they accidentally processed the second one. And then, um, and then you sort of start to hear like about, uh, well, sorry, then you have the Pats and Dock game completely blowing up. And um, in every know, sense, in every sense, you know, a big brawl. Um, and then, you know, you learn a, you learn a lesson there about um, when it comes to like Pats fans and social media, unless you say that Connor Malley should definitely have been sent off on the basis of one replay, you're a part of a, a deep south conspiracy against them, Pats. You mm. know, you need to call out, you need to call out, call it out, call it for what it is. Um, until you watch a replay and they said, yeah, you obviously should have been sent off. And like, you put it in your match report, it should have been sent off. It's too late. Too late, yeah. Your initial tweet take has to be on point or else you're screwed. But all of that's kicking off. Um, then you hear Cork have scored. You know, then Pats. Cork kind of, it was like, Cork City must be like, geez, we better score here. Like, then, but, then, stage, you know? but, then, but then Pats, like, yeah, the Cork thing was almost embarrassing. I actually watched back the second half of that game um, just to see how they got on with eight men. Not well. And like, <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't they didn't know what well to do. At all. They didn't know what to do. They didn't, like, Rovers actually had a, had a chance. Yeah. At all. Like, you know, so it's sort of like, it's a, anyway. Um, and then, and then Pats win, you know, and, and Pats, like, just after Stephen O'Donnell makes an attack and sub to, to go and win it. 
Exton Dock were sort of huffing and puffing against 10. Like Pat's going win it and the atmosphere is electric, you know. But there's, there's obviously then a really mixed feelings about the night because then the, the stuff comes through about the, the Stephen Bradley chants, you know, in Cork. And and this has been a massive talk about the last couple of days. Does, didn't we, we didn't really get mailbag comments about this, actually. Which to which me actually makes we, sense we, we, because yeah, there's, 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 it, it almost defies even talking about it. There's, like, that's it. There's not, there's not much you can really say, right? mm. but obviously there's, there's detailed discussions, you know, and um, around it, there's been pieces written about it and Eamon Sweeney in our place at the weekend. And um, there is always a sense with these things that like it takes a life of its own and it leads to like big generalizations of all football supporters generally and look i think people listen know our views on a lot of these issues i think you know a lot of this is societal it's just like idiots exist you know people say stupid things there's no like in a way right you know the league of ireland uh community i think with respect to the stephen bradley situation have conducted themselves brilliantly and i say that i don't say this lightly like there might have been other games in the past in the last year where you might have thought someone might have shouted something silly you know, games were as fierce rivalries, and it hasn't happened. It's just really weird that it happened like nine, whatever, however months it is later since the initial thing. But all we can do is, you know, condemnation and and hope that it sort of, um, I suppose, it leads to a satisfactory conclusion for everyone in some way. Whatever that conclusion is, who knows? Like I, you know, I got a message. We were actually on, on radio on Saturday, and uh, Paddy Daly, who I think we both know, was a Shamrock Rovers fan, messaged me, and he he did point out that in I think the Tory top pub in Cork on Friday night, Cork and Shamrock Rovers fans together were singing there's only one Josh Bradley in the pub like an hour or so after. So like look a lot of these things, the, the overwhelming uh majority, majority are good, but you can't also bury your head in the sand and and, and, and hope these stories go away either. Like you have to sort of meet them head on. Um, but anyway, like all all this was going on, and not to be tripped, Walden and Dog players were still in the dressing room, <laughs> but they were still there. And I was sort of thinking, like the, the groundsman in Pats was was keen to go for a drink and was walking around going, "Oh Jesus!" I actually think there was, you know, he's probably thinking, I mean, leaving the club after the cup final was bad <laughs> was enough, bad, but, but this <laughs> this is just going too far. But um, but then when when we were interviewing Stephen Donald on the pitch at eleven o'clock, you start hearing these chants outside, and fans had come back out of the. I, Local I didn't, didn't know where they come from and we were thinking Jesus this is going to get hairy here and I was like like you know and in your head you're sort of thinking like I, I kind of wouldn't mind clocking off work you know <laughs> and, and like if these if these if he gets stormed outside here you know and there's an altercation or something like this is going to go to another level and can you imagine you know just with everything that's going on you're like and, and meanwhile like a manager is like you know uh, accosted on the street I think he ended up going outside entrance in fairness I went outside and uh, it was just past fans having the crack and the worst thing was he said to me no we saw we saw on your Twitter that he was still in the dressing room <laughs> we thinking, came back I was thinking imagine if this had gone badly wrong and it would have been the case of never never update like you know <laughs> like just t- know your geography of League of Ireland grounds you know they're still in the dressing room in Tala you know, they're still, is literally they're, they're 10 still, seconds yeah, away. They're, they're still in the dressing room in <laughs> wherever it might be. But like in Pats, it was a bit more. And you can just imagine people looking at the phone, let's go up and have a bit of crack. But you know, in That's fairness, the beauty they, of- they, were, they were just like, it was. And in fairness to O'Donnell, even afterwards, he, he heard the chants outside and stuff. And whatever people's opinion of him, he was sort of saying, well, look, like 
that's that's part of the game you know once it doesn't spill over and it didn't whatever know. people like i mean I, i've introduced stevie to quite a few people and everyone likes stevie oh, no, listen, the, you know yeah. what i mean no, so like, anyway, if you're a of course you're but, your past but, then, then, <laughs> he comes out at 11 o'clock deals with what you mentioned there and then he has this lengthy q a with journalists which like if you look at the independent well, the area the argus like it's like 25 like 25 questions it was treated like roy Keane's interview in saipan <laughs> well and it is like but i'm i'm, I'm I, I actually didn't even finish it i don't the attention span to live it was too long it was like 25 questions some of them answered uh, at length and some of them were like jesus i i wouldn't fancy being stevie having to deal with questions like this every week and um, but it is what it is now just an anecdote before we get the mailbag and um, peter o'connell who you play a bit of astro with may even be playing today dan Big Pats fan. Met him after the game and Harold's Cross. Just I was I was outside a shop that's closing down. There's a closing down sale. Uh, he saw me coming out and he's like, shooting the breeze. And I said, Peter, you have to go into that closing down sale. It's unbelievable value. He texted me hours later saying, Johnny, you're after saving my hide here. I've, I've spent a, an hour there. I bought all these gifts for yada yada. Thanks million. Before all of that, he was buzzing about the game he was like that game last night that ball from Lonergan for the winning goal I'm telling you watch it back and like just the noise in the place it sounded like the place was buzzing Dan watch back Lonergan's pass I don't think it's been spoke about enough for the Carty got the winning Connor goal Carty, wasn't it yeah. Lonergan's pass Lonergan came off the bench I presume no Lonergan and Carty both, both came both off, off the bench, bench. Lonergan's yeah. pass so it's against 10 men obviously it's poor defended as referenced by Stevie but the pass from Lonergan a player that has been a bit part player since he joined um, so so far it's very early days from i thought it was an un- and then the ball goes in and dan there is a beauty about a goal not only with 10 men on the break that goes in off the underside of the bar there's like and i think that was just poetry for the pats fans notwithstanding that they're beating a team that they're big rivals for europe managed by Stephen O'Donnell. So everyone was in good form, including John Daly, yeah. who said, like, I've been through the ringer here. Yeah, the big point was John Daly's win. <clears throat> like, you know, for him, like, I think in some ways it had been an, an underwhelming caretaker stint initially, finished on a high, got the job, but then they produced their best performance of the five Underwhelming's games. a bit harsh. Like, they're well, doing no, fine. Yeah, like. but listen, I'm talking about what the mood on the ground was. Like, you talk to people who were there, talk, saw the response to him getting, like, people can rewrite history now because he's had a great win on Friday night, but the response to getting the job was lukewarm. We posted up, you know, comments about, or I certainly posted up a comment about John Daly's comments uh, after the Rovers games, he needs to know what happened, and the response was overwhelmingly, "Well, you need to do more, mate." And there was a lot of that, so that did exist. Let's okay, so, history. so so we so then obviously uh, Rovers lose, eight man Rovers lose, and before we get the mailbag, Derry have an insipid performance in Sligo, who get back to win away. So there's a lot to talk. Yeah, about Yeah, well, that. that's the thing, man. Like Derry had a chance to. That is the one thing, like. I suppose it was lost in everything because again the Derry match ended up being dominated by decisions and talking about decisions but the broader point here you step back from all that is that Shamrock Rovers opened the door big time like Derry had a chance to go four points clear at the mm. top you know and, and going into the break you know a fair chance of, of, of being leaders going into the break if you know what I mean I know there's, there's still like three rounds of fixtures to play but just a, a strong statistical chance of being ahead going into the break and they go and lose, and that just sums up the season. You know, there's just a, you know, the points being made. I've seen people argue: Does this mean the standard is improving? Is it is it decreasing? Like I think 
what's happening is that there's the teams at the top just aren't consistently outstanding i think the general teams in the middle are getting better um but it's it's leading to sort of a very unpredictable set of results every week which is but i think that's good i actually think it's whatever like you know what does this mean about the level of the teams i just think it's good because you're looking at the games this friday now and monday and you're not okay there's the odd game you're like they'll definitely win that um but very odd game but but rovers have lost to the teams expected to finish eighth and ninth back to back so there we go like yeah like rovers uh drew at home to cork lost away to cork lose at home to drada already and if they do not win the league this season they'll be looking back at that and saying jesus how did that happen yeah. uh, let's go to the mailbag dan everyone's crazy about a sharp dressed mailbag am i right these electronic letters have style for miles so let's dig in yeah so we've done well we, we we've got how far into the show are we now it's like 13 minutes 14 minutes and we haven't really done the referee thing Right, like I, I was walking into Pat's and Doc. This is the other thing I forgot to mention. Don't be too long, the referee. I'm so bored by referees. So I, I, anyway, we I do literally have to, said it last yeah. week. But well, okay, are you telling us that our readers aren't entitled? Are you going to like shut down the vote of the mailbag? What's this? Is this like some kind of? You know, autocracy this is just I'm thinking of a succession here now is this all I haven't post- seen I haven't seen I'm a few is episodes it, behind is this them. the postal votes in, in Wisconsin or whatever just go missing like you know this is like you know the mailbag exists you know because people put we ask what's on your mind and everyone Cut says the chase, then. Just, I, just I, wish, the I wish it wasn't in mind well I was trying yeah. to tell a story right. but I got interrupted I'm walking in to Patston Dock on Friday after Rascals yes happy lovely else. and I meet Tomas Connolly who was obviously our recent guest and we just exchanged just pleasant enough small talk about various things. You know, got a good reaction to being on the show. And as you do, having a discussion and, yeah, talking generally in very general terms about a couple of things of late. Um, I know we can't really speak about individual decisions as we found out, but just, just a general chat, you know. Things had, had calmed down, I suppose, from the noise at that point. And then Friday happens, boom, <laughs> gone. And I was, so I was trying to look over to him during the game to see, because obviously there was enough going on at Patston Dock he was doing the assessing, but I'd imagine in the, the Ref Pal WhatsApp group, some of the clips that he's sending off in various places, you know, particularly in, in Cork, would be getting a mention. So listen, Fergal asked us if Tom Connolly's appearance on the pod makes him the League of Ireland Sean Spicer. Um, I mean, we just got a lot here. I mean, I, I did. I tried to narrow it down to five or six. We, a lot of people just send us pictures of red cards you know which is fair <laughs> enough uh, you know I put one up on Instagram as well it's say the re- record through the roof of Google searches for red card Ireland uh, Fail and Warren lengthy now he sent us a 600 word message right <laughs> it starts off with lads as you know I'm a hoop as you know I'm a hoop interesting sort of second sentence I'm also relatively sane in terms of behaviour and outlook on life. <laughs> and like you know, 600 words later of detailed decisions. Frankly, lads, I'm sick of it. That display by the refereeing team in Cork was the worst I've seen in 44 years watching League of Ireland football. There has to be something done. Uh, the FEI and referees circling the wagons won't cut it. The PFEI needs to get involved when the player has been banned and fined in the wrong. It's not good enough. Apologies for the length, but I have to write it to purge my brain of five days of anger. Listen, common view. Rochi, Mr. Referees, your weekly improved performances, consistency and lack of controversy seem to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Why are you so popular? Great song by Elizabeth Cotton, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, monorail. Um, and yeah, a few others, you know. Um, at what point should refs lose their job? Everyone else in the sport has to be held accountable. Refs get a free pass. Uh, the point is, it's not their job. And exactly. the also point is that there isn't a reservoir of like suitable replacements out there it's not as if it's like a 
you know, there's, there's, there's dozens out there ready for their chance, waiting to be proved good enough. This is the issue. The, the standards, the depth of, of the panel isn't very good at the moment. And there's a reliance on a couple of, you know, better ones who've made high profile decisions, but are probably more consistent. I probably just don't know. Like the, the, whatever you think of the decisions in the Cork Shamrock Rovers game, and I've watched them all back, right? And I can see how all of the decisions were reached. But it's the it's how they were all reached in the one game <laughs> in a particular. You know what I mean? I know. Like I think the Johnny Kenny one. I'm hearing the dissent for that was like harsh. And when you have two back to back double yellows, where the first yellow quickly follows the second. Like we talk about common sense refereeing at times. That if someone is on a yellow and they commit a foul, their next foul, you sort of say, okay, next one you're gone, and then no one has any complaint. Like the Sean Horwood, I can see, I can see what a second yellow is a yellow, but it comes back to that whole. There's the, the strict application of the law and there's the degree of common sense going, okay, we'll let that one go. And we've spoken about in other leagues where they let it happen. The tail one, I mean, I've seen the video behind the goal. Um, I can see how, again, it was reached because there is a movement, but I don't think he kicked him at all. Um, but then tail going that injured after looks like it's someone who's got something to hide and play acting. And that happens. But the, the way it went in the second half was a bit, Crazy. I don't know what you thought. I've seen I, I from the perspective of going to Go United games, I think Turner's Cross, I think it has an atmosphere that intimidates referees. I really do. I think it's a very loud place. I think are you gonna give three red cards in the one game against Sherman Crowers? It's a But it wasn't quite like that in the sense that the crowd were baying for it. Mm. I actually think with the I don't know, maybe I need to have been there. I'm not even sure if people clocked that every player was on a second yellow when they committed the foul. I know what you, you know, mean. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Then, um, you had, then you had the Inchicore as well, where, I mean, the, that incident with the red card, I mean, the, that for me was a nightmare. I looked at it and I was like, I, I, the referee's a hopeless. You then have, have to be two reds or two yellows. John Mann gets sent off. Um, you have a Diallo the tackle. Yellow, Diallo's yeah. tackle. I mean, Greg Bulger, I think, put it up on social media. <sighs> I mean, I think Diallo's reaction himself, he's but like... Then he, then he committed a foul afterwards. Like, it was like his head was sort of gone, mm. Diallo. But, like, again, like, it's just not great. And <laughs> I, I do have to laugh, by the way, that Pico Lopez and Sean Kavanagh both picked up yellows when they were a goal down in the 89th and 90th minute. It was like, what, are we going to have, like, seven men here yeah, in game just, abandoned just, with six? Like, a lot um, of people were on to us as well about the Rovers' reaction then after the game. Mm. We got countless messages about this again. You know, uh, you know Finn, Ronan Finn and Gary O'Neill in particular... Um, you know, so I, there was an instant where you see Gary Lean was Gary O'Neill was around the lines when I I I'm hearing that the linesman might have stood on his toe accidentally, <laughs> which led to a sort of an instinctive response. So I don't think there's going to be any aftermath for that. Ronan Finn was very um was very animated, um, and it's a funny one, right? What I would say is I I can't imagine much will come with that. We will see, but like that was is probably a clear example of a descent than the, <laughs> the descent for... Johnny Kenny. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, if you're going to grade it. So, but that's the problem. Like, I, and at one point, you see Sean Grant almost reaching for his back pocket <laughs> on the pitch. Now, I don't know if it's just like a nervous twitch that it just starts going there. You know, we all repeat in action sometimes. I have a bad habit of like scratching my head sometimes. So you don't even know you've done it until you watch back. It's just like, I just... Oh, she might get three red cards. <laughs> and but just, I have to reach for another one. This is what I do. It's like a crisis response. But like, you know, I, again, like... As I said, I I can you can see in isolation how each decision is reached. It's just the it's the whole the whole pie all coming together in like a mm. twenty minute window. Effectively, um, I don't know. I like the, the I would direct people. Uh, we had a few comments about the the appeals process and, and Sean O'Connell, the Cork fan. Uh, you'll find him on. I say Cork fan, but he's more expert on. Um, I suppose 
I suppose governance, yeah. you know, uh, the, the legalities of the football system in Ireland laid out in clear terms um, the appeals process. And look, it's very weighted. Like, I think, you know, we, we might see one, like, if there's a wrongful dismissal, as in the wrong person, you know, they, don't, they will no longer get an automatic one-match ban they can appeal. But I'm not sure how much else we're going to see come out of that system you know and obviously the problem is in some cases you might appeal and you get a longer ban mm. um which might be the situation with Adebayega the one in in Vedrada and Derry because he was he was not he was sent off for the wrong reason effectively yeah. but if they'd appeal it it would have been, been proven that it was the, you know the the uh, the intent might have been enough for a longer ban Ro- so it's a weird one Rovers uh, have the squad to compensate for these um, red cards you would argue but just just one other point in from the weekend Dan which obviously um, we'll cover the, the bottom of the mailbag UCD's loss to Drogheda is kind of like um, there's a nine point gap here and that sort of Cork, it was a big win for Cork City. Sorry, I should say that it was almost lost in the narrative. This was a massive win for Cork City because otherwise, if they lost that game, they're eight behind Drogheda, um, who are you know punching above their weight again. So, but they made hard work. But then Saga Rovers go and win, and like mm. I mean, we're gonna we're, we're it's po- a mad man. We're possibly gonna have a you know substantial battle for um for second from bottom. You know, draw to Cork mm. this week is is probably a mm. big game. Uh, Joey Brown refs have to get better, but players and coaches do as well. Cheating normalised in football. We see it all every week. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've made that point before. Like you know, Stephen Bradley was on the record praising Rob Hennessy for the Affle Abbey decision, which was a terrible decision. I think will be acknowledged as, as much now by you know by most people sort of in officialdom. So, like. Again, this is the thing, like, people are animated when it goes against their team. Um, There was talk of a forum, I think, between the players and the officials, and Justin Mason, again, is on about, you know, could the ref and the the assessor explain why decisions are made? I've made the point that if a ref comes out after a game and it's a wrong decision, then how do you explain it? It just inflames. Mm. I mean, some people, ref, I've I've had one here, you know, but that that could go in a different direction. I'm I'm in favour of the the principle, the concept, but I think Mm. in in practice how it works. Like I saw a French referee did it recently, very articulately, but he was basically proving, well, you're all a bunch of idiots. My decision was correct. Mm. Um, If your decision is incorrect, it's harder to come out and Mm. face it. But it's it's worth worth thinking. Uh, I mean, I'm just imagining like the refs being locked in the dressing room till 11 p.m. (laughs) by the assessor. It's like, they're still in there. Their voice, yeah. you know, like all of a sudden head, like, the lads are coming out. out the there, lads are yeah. coming out of D eight again. <laughs> you know, the back, <laughs> but crack maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, like um, I mean, there's various views on that um, assessment. Assistant, sorry, we can't get through them all, but we're we're happy to. Um, Never ending. Our shells, the worst team to watch in the league. So dull. Any chance for full podcast on transfer gossip? A bit of hype is always good. I mean, I don't really want to do that. A lot of questions about transfer. What players might be coming home this winter? Uh, sorry, this summer. Apologies. You see players being released. You see Irish players being released. I saw Shawnee McGuire being released. A bit ambitious, lads. He's just been playing in the championship for the last couple of years. He's on a good contract. Uh, I don't think that's going to be happening. Daryl Horgan. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there will be phone calls in his direction. But again, you know, don't underestimate the threshold of wages that people are coming from and the fact that that Danny Grant, obviously. Uh, Danny Grant, so, yeah. I mean, um, you can see that. You know, for example, I see Ryan Delaney was released mm. as well, but I'm hearing he might even have good options in England, you know. Uh, mm. So Ricardo Denanga, the young lad from Cork, released by Coventry. So th- there's going to be a spate of these. There's probably more I'm forgetting, um, and clubs will be on it. Um, Speaking but, of but Coventry, some, yeah. some are, the higher profile ones, like you need to be sure... You know, like someone like Owen Doyle wanted to come back for family mm. reasons. Um, Commiserations to fan of the show, Luke McNally, obviously, and Shawnees. They got so close to the Premier League. Fan of the show there. or friend of the show? Oh, he's just a fan. Like fan he, of the show. He listens to it all the time. Does he? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Certainly um, did up until Na- he became a championship big shot in Na- there. Nathan, uh, cheer up Steve O'Donnell thoughts. I mean, this was also the PA system after the game in Richmond on Friday was belting out Daydream Believer, the monkey song with the adapter. Now, even something from Pat said to me when she's probably the third time is probably a bit much, you know, <laughs> like, like, it just, it just, like it, it sort of, it was just on loop. It was just like PA guy was like, this is it. This is the moment, you know, mm. let's press the button. Let's, yeah. let's do it, you yeah. know. Now, others with, like, other clubs in the league would have a little bit of a track record for doing this at times. Of course, it'll be, it'll be vinyl playing, if it were playing a certain mouse. Playing certain tunes t- targeted at certain clubs. I wouldn't be thinking about bows, you know. Like, uh, was, what was the club of money's too tight to mention <laughs> being played when their wayside is in, a rival is in trouble. So, Pat's gone down that road. I mean, listen... Again, I don't really get too caught up in these things. I think it's Are you a fan kind of, of music when a goal is scored at a ground? Oh, yeah. You would yeah, be. Yeah. Well, 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 once it's good. Once it's yeah. good music, you know. Yeah. But, uh, like, I mean, I, I, I like the Bowes music when they score, you know. Goal, goal. And then Shells have the, don't Shells have a, do they have a Mara Piccato do, version? Do, do, do. Do, I don't think that when they score they, they still have the same music from Shells from, like, 2000, from the 2000s when they come mm. out. You know, the, uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I do love the one that my favourite would be Newcastle United. What's the local hero? Oh yeah, that's a great tune. Yeah, he's yeah. Mark Offer, that's big, right. Big, that, that's, big, that's, big in Saudi, apparently. Yeah, they actually, they play it in the in the chambers for people now as well. Um, shout um, out as well to Kevin Brannigan, banger of a new order tune at the end of the Kevin Moore doc. Had me in good form last night. Good work. Aidan Corbett, who are the most valuable assets in the League of, League of Ireland? Is there any interest in them? Three-part question. This is like a politician at a COVID press conference. Less than 600 a, words, a, a political <laughs> journalist. You know, uh, I'm going to ask my big question. I'm going to ask four in one go. <laughs> And then you Which won't gives the politician a note because he or she loads, <laughs> gives him loads of time to think like, about. Like honestly, it's it's like an affliction. It's like you know, one question, one answer. But it's like, no, this is my stage. I'm going to ask anything. Like you know, can you can we talk about the hostage situation in Beirut? <laughs> what do you know, make a League of Ireland referee? And, <laughs> and you know, and the budget surplus. And by the way, you know, there's an issue with cattle in Donegal. Like and, and let's. Give me your answer. Thomas but, um, Connolly, you say. But uh, Aidan Corbett, anyway, uh, where are we lacking in that League of Ireland team that would be a great away day? How important is that new clubs go with county names so well, everyone gets point new clubs? Look, I did say the Pats fans. Go United, 12 points clear. I mean, the highlight of 2024 no, for no, League of Ireland fans he, is, he, he, is being back in goal. Yeah, brackets, brackets, Mary. Your attendances are still not, not going, going particularly well. Sorry, Mayo, 1,700 at the weekend. Like, you've lost 2,000 people at the Cove game. What's happened? That was, that was an outside game. It's, um, oh, it's nonsense. Mayo, oh, see, I'm just trying to catch you back. I'm trying to make you good cop on Galway so you'll be back. I'm, no. I'm looking out for you. Um, Mayo, Mayo, uh, Claire. Well, Mayo, I see Mayo, there's a Mayo under-21 team being formed to play some games. It's interesting that the the Mayo District League, I think, like in Kerry, right, the Schoolboys League had control and then uh, the District League took over. It seems like a version of that might be happening in Mayo. Okay. The Mayo Schoolboys League, I don't know what was going on with them, but it looks like there might be an attempt to create something in Mayo, even if it's just for the third We did tier. mention Connor Malley, Connor like, O'Malley. Maybe that'll be enough for Connor O'Malley to come back to who, League yeah. One Football. Who were the most valuable assets in the LOI? Um, an interest in them? Well, I mean, look at Curtis, Mason Melia, with a lot of interest. You know, Adam Del- Murphy. was just pointed Ferugia, at the two of us, actually. Ferugia. Well, that's just uh, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, today's show uh, much, is, is all about journeymen, you, you, you including be, us. <laughs> 200 quid do a job for you. I'd Mason say. Media, yeah. though. Uh, yeah. That that's what what age is he, Danny? He's, he's not fifteen. Six, it's actually wrong to be talking about him. But yeah, um, 
but but like the interest is real. I did a piece with his uncle Clive Clark last week, who famously like you know nearly died in the dressing mm. room at half time, and turned out his sister at the time was heavily pregnant with Mason Media around the time when Roy Keane was talking about. I was surprised he had a heart. Um, you know the the the, the his sister. You can just imagine the stress of the family. It's like oh, by the way, Pamela's heavily pregnant here, and then Mason. They've basically they've they've they their football future has been born. You know, this is like the heir to the throne here. Like, this is unbelievable. And Mason Media could have an unbelievable career. Let's see. I think get, he's a Wicklow boy. I he is. They, yeah. They're both from... They're Newtown, Mount Kennedy. Newtown, Mount Kennedy. That's yeah. where Clive's from as well. Uh, get the half with good name. Overall attendance surpassing 400k. If you want something other than three valid red cards, it should have been more. That was his... Uh, <laughs> Like, nice question there. It's like, let's talk about the attendances, but no, because someone else, people popped up in that. Fibs, why do you not cover the LOI Women's Premier Division? Okay, it's a fair point. What I would say is we are not a uh, an official uh, League of Ireland promotion vehicle. Uh, I think it would be good, actually, if a podcast started up. And I think there are some that exist for people who are passionate about the women's game. It will and cover happen, it. Yeah. We, we, we don't probably have the bandwidth to, to go there. I think my daughter, I think I'd imagine the first football match she'll ever bring in chat, and maybe soon, might be in the summer, uh, will probably be to uh, the Women's Premier Division game. But, but, but you could ruin her life then. You've got to make a big call no, here. Where do you bring her? I don't know. I have to think mm. about that. But let's be honest, we work on Saturdays and it's not, I don't, I actually don't agree with like tokenistic four or five minute slots. Go. Let's mm. talk about that. When neither of us are going regularly, so it's half arsed and it's not of a good standard and it doesn't actually engage people. But I think if anyone out there, people out there are going regularly, they should try and, generate their own culture around that but like you know we're not subject to have to do that and um, that that is our opinion we're doing a podcast on something we feel we can talk about and that's our <laughs> i mean listen yeah and, and, and that's up to you mailbag people john o'manley dan do you reckon that bloke that asked you about roddy's book is a bit of a loser i mean no i don't i don't i don't have obviously blocked him <sighs> muted him but otherwise you know i actually think he i actually haven't i think he was one of our recent competition winners in rascals so i uh, I, I just, just imagine he's after like four points in rascals just boring the arse of everyone talking about roddy's Book. I've just finished Murder and uh, the Taoiseach, the Gubu book. Oh, just, you're obsessed with Charlie oh, Hottie. Ma- it's not really about Charlie, it's more Malcolm McCarthy. But you're obsessed with the Charlie Hottie era. You love, the, you love the Charlie Hottie era. We were born Why in the early that? 80s. Is there um, something about uh, a roguish figure, you know, who likes the high life, you know, five star, five star hotels, meals, restaurants? The odd fancy shirt. Well, I run. Collar and cuff. Is that, is that you? For all your shirts. Is that you? Collar and cuff. <laughs> and you do a Charlie um, impression. Like you are. You're a modern day. Well, obviously the point that uh, Harry McGee makes is that MacArthur and how he did have these bizarre similarities. I don't think I belong to that category. No. Uh, Ken um, Byrne. I've long lamented the Irish independent coverage of LOI. I mean, he tagged me Indosport, LOI Central Pod, the entire League of Ireland and Independent.e in this. I have to acknowledge it somewhere. I have long lamented the Irish Independent coverage of LOI, but today's preview took the biscuit. Zero respect shown for the domestic game. That was, uh, he sent an accompanying picture of the previews circled underneath uh, Aidan Fitzmaurice's 1500 word and Ben Curtis piece, which I hate to inform you, Ken is actually League of Ireland content and was a very good piece. So uh, I love, people can complain all the time about our coverage. We don't have stuff on Friday nights for Saturdays because of print deadlines. We've experienced that. But I mean, in this instance, that's just crank behaviour. Keith Murphy, word of the week, ceiling. We did, I did use the word ceiling a lot last week. You know, someone's ceiling, higher ceiling. I was actually thinking, Richard Cooper is, uh, I like a bit of cycling. Richard Cooper's on Strava, so he did a big cycle in Barra. And it did come into my head. Remember when he did like a lot of off the ball sketches? If he did one of Dan, I've already sort of, I have a few little bits of advice to give him. Um, Go on. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna share it with you just yet. Oh, but, okay. but you do have yeah, you've a couple of little I mean, God knows, you don't want Richard Coop to be doing a sketch of you at all. Like I mean it's well, not you, you, you've really made it when you get to that point. Yeah, but listen, but you, uh, that's yeah. the mailbag. I am trying to think I <laughs> monorail question uh might Mono get means what? But like the, 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 the oh, it's not the monorail, it's the it's the political question. The freight train, the Simpsons line, Rochi, we'll give him we'll give him that. That he gets um the, the collar and, collar and cuff, cuff mailbag the, price. The fifty euro voucher. We'll fifty nicker that. off. Last week's question. Right, can people name can people name the Sorry, uh, we've now moved on to uh, the Rascals sponsored Rascals. quiz prize. Yeah. The Rascals guided tour. So last mm. week's question was could people name the players who have won league titles for Shells and Bows under Pat Fenlon? There was four. I believe there was four. I hope there was four. I've got a couple of guesses of players that maybe sent me scrambling, but the four are Owen Heary. Glenn Crow, Jason Byrne, and Joseph and Doe caught a couple of people out. Uh, a lot of people had three. The people had Heary, Crow, and Byrne, and didn't have and Doe. So, uh, but Kieran Roddy got all four, and uh, Kieran come and collect. See, very briefly. So last night, myself and the missus are watching the Kevin Moore and Doc, and Kevin Brannigan did a very, very brief show with me, and um, that involved Joseph and Doe before the World Cup a few years ago, um, and it brought my brought into my head this lovely picture that he'd taken of me. And Joseph and Doe, and I showed it to the missus, and I was explaining about Kevin Brannigan, and she looks at Joseph and Doe, and she goes, "Is that Brano?" It's <laughs> just like, no, that's Joseph and Doe. <laughs> but she she thought it was very funny. To be fair, like Brano is he's whatever he is, he's not Joseph and Doe. Like, no. is he doing any? Is he still doing the coke on? Good anecdote. Um, he he, uh, <laughs> he it was a, you have to be. It was a bad anecdote. You, you, you have to be there. It's that Brano. Ne- <laughs> next week, next week, how did Johnny and Zoe get on after the weekly shop? You can tune in next week and find out something whimsical happened. Um, is, uh, no, uh, Joey, no, he does it now and again. I can't imagine. Is it the guy with the kind of Donegal accent that's doing the coke on? But I'm not sure who it is. The Sligo guy. Oh, games. Dave Declan Boyle is sometimes. Maybe it's Declan Boyle. I think, Boyle, I think, I think Declan yeah. Boyle does sometimes. But anyway, listen, um, we've got two guests coming in now. We've got Chris Lyons and we've got Lee Stacey, and we're going to talk to the lads a little bit about the sort of the vagaries of life as a part-time footballer in the League of Ireland. Yeah, we're now joined by uh, the two lads, Chris Lyons and Lee Stacey. Lads, first of all, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, we've a good team here today, I think. It's a sense of, um, I, I guess to start, Lee, I, I, I've mentioned that you gave me a lift home from the Cove Goy Night game and I was struck by the fact that A, um, you dropped me to the door, which was very nice for you. But B, then you were getting into a cab to drive for like another three or four hours just to make a few quids, as well as your day job, as well as playing for Cove Ramblers, which is miles away from Dublin. So, um, yeah, how does it all work? Uh, I suppose it works because it has to. Um, I'm a full-time teacher, full-time student, full-time footballer. Sorry, part-time footballer. Yeah, that's a lot of full-times. Yeah, there's, <laughs> um, there's a lot of full-times going on, yeah, but I'm still doing a uh, master's in a uh, post-primary education so I suppose I have to juggle a lot which is how I ended up at Cove really. How did you come here to say Chris because you're a postman so I, you you were practically ruled out. Uh, yeah I had to sort a few things. <laughs> can't really say too much but um, yeah no just swung swung things around and got uh, got here on time. You know? If you're in the Bray area and you didn't get any post today <laughs> you'd like to uh, instantly uh, apologise for this. Oh, no, but the, like, the, the, whole, the whole point yeah like we probably on this show very naturally um, we find ourselves talking about the Premier Division a lot um, and probably talking about consistently talking about how now there's nearly everyone is full-time in the in the Premier Division and the league is generally moving that way and even in the First Division of course you've got Galway and Waterford but like Johnny was making the point outside I mean for pretty much half the league 
the lives you lead, okay, leads that's an excessive version of it, but the lives you lead are sort of typical typical enough. Um, and people wonder, like, in, in five, ten years' time, where the league is going to be. I mean, f- from your perspective, Chris, I'm just thinking, have you ever played full-time at any club? Sligo, was it? Uh, yeah, Sligo. Yeah. Sligo. I was down there for about eight, nine months, um, and then I ended up going back to Bray with that. But that was my only full-time experience with it, but... I'm basically just used to it now at this stage of the of my career, you know, but it's it is tough. It's a lot a lot of dedication that people don't see around the league, even playing Galway this week, which then being full time, Waterford full time, and then obviously Premier Division. Most of them are nearly full time now except the uh, there. But yeah, it is tough. Um it's hard, but you just get used to it and you just fight through all them tough times, you know. What yeah, I mean? so like t- tell me, is Friday a working day for you? Yeah, Friday so, is a work so tell me, like, what's your Friday then if you're playing away from home? Say, uh, I'd be up around half four, going to work for around five, ten past five, and kind of duck and dive at stages as well. With some people helping me and work to get done at a certain time because I'm very uh, much in my own ways how I eat, what I eat, what time I eat before games. So I kind of some lads help me and work as well. So you have to on them days, but it is tough, like, because you might not be getting home till half two in the morning from some places, you know. so it can uh, ruin your weekend. Yeah, because like in theory, like you know, that could be a twenty-two hour day. Like, are you trying to like power nap on the bus or however you're traveling, depending on where the game is, or you know, what way do you manage that? Because as you mentioned, eating, like nutrition, like being fit is is a part of the gig, and uh, even more so now in the league, uh, you would feel. So, like, how do you manage all of that? Yeah, this year to be fair, it's a lot easier for me because we live from Bray. So I didn't. You, have so to, yeah, you live in Bray just yeah. to be clear for people. People know you play for Bray, but yeah, yeah. so I didn't have to like travel to say Dublin to get the bus so that would be another 40 minutes half an hour an hour some days you know what I mean so at the moment it's kind of happy that I can get home get breakfast get into bed for an hour if I can and then it suits me but with Trotta like I kind of had to just rush around get me food on the way to Dublin get in the bus and Try napping the bus, but I'm not really good at that. So you used to be a little bit grumpy on uh, match days with Drada. Yeah, because you lads have played together as yeah. well. This is the thing you had. How long together at Drada was this? It was five months, was it? Five Second months. half of the season, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. brought him under my wing and brought him <laughs> the time all the time. Yeah. Uh, I went from there, but like I'm just thinking at Drada then because you were training, like Drada train in Drada. So like that's you know it's not just about match days. It's probably some of those Tuesdays or Thursdays or Wednesdays or whatever day it is getting around the M50. Like that's another layer of. Of complication. Yeah, I literally lived on the M50 for five years. That's, yeah. that's no joke. So spent more time with Diane Massey, Lee, than being family, basically, because I was on the road that much, you know. But I loved it. So Yeah. So Lee, like, then your Friday then, I mean, we don't want to hear about the Friday that you uh, you gave Johnny Ward a lift, because we've all heard about that now. Uh, you heard it off the ball. You can hear it. I thought it was an amusing anecdote you know, about the, yeah, the, the, the charm of the League of Ireland. Are, anecdotes are amusing until you flog them. And like, mm. that's the problem. But Did I tell you about that time, actually? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, Lee now joins an illustrious group of uh, League of Ireland personalities that have given Johnny Ward a lift. Even offered to, who's, who's even offered to stop for, like, a coffee, even though I knew, like, he was kind of rushing back. He said, is it all right with you? Like, will we stop for coffee? He was like, he was, went out of his way to... Uh, How many people in the League have given you a lift over the years? Johnny McDonald, definitely. Ah, uh, too many to, me- to mention. Some of them are actually driving a cab, in fairness. Like, Johnny Mac could, like, he'd notionally say, like, I'll, I'll drop you home, but then you'd be looking like the meter would be on or something. You're like, <laughs> what's going on here? But you'd have, like, um, Pat Scully possibly at one stage or another. In terms of lifts home, um, too many to mention. That. Too many to mention. Yeah. But Lee, that, on that Friday then, if you're teaching and, you're, and you have a match... 
Like, again, what's your day? Like, how do you even manage this? In fairness, the vice principal in Tallaght Community School is really good, and the principal there is a former League of Ireland player, Aidan Lynch. Oh, okay. So, Defender. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. He's yeah. a good player, actually, yeah. So they're both very accommodating, thank God. And um, typical Friday, the school is open until 3.40, but I've never scheduled past 2.40, and if I do need to get off early, it's not a bother. So we start in school, most Fridays are about 8.40, and then I'm there until lunchtime anyway, and then it's, if I have a match... I'm normally leaving about three o'clock, so it's fine. Do people in your life ever ask you why you do it? All the time. They think I'm mad. But um, football's always been a passion of mine. Like So I'll do anything I can to make it work. That's the truth. I'm 30 years of age now. I still believe I have a good 10 years in me. So I'm trying to do everything I can to put everything in place so that I do have that career. I guess you need to be playing. Do you know what I mean? Like So say you were telling me you were, you were offered like a couple of positions that would have been... Would have been attractive in one sense, we'll say, in the off-season, but you wouldn't necessarily have been playing. And then Cove came up, which is obviously probably a bit left field. Yeah, so um, obviously with the Masters and school, it's really hard to, say, play sign back for Drotter. They try Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, match Friday, and you might be in the weekend. So I just didn't have that time. And then I was thinking, well, what am I going to do here? But I have to take a break, didn't really want to. And then Shane Keegan reached out and was like, look, you can try and... On a particular day and we get to train up here with someone else, will that work? So was, the more I thought about it, it meant I was able to play regularly and I didn't have to take a break and I could complete my studies. So I was happy enough to keep going and obviously really going on well with Shane. So it was a, it was a no-brainer for me. Is that a, a risk for the manager? Like I, I always marvelled at how Finn Harps could cobble together a squad. Now, in fairness, they did run aground last season and lads would be training here, training there. Like, is it a risk for a manager to say, well, he's only coming here once a week or whatever? Yeah, probably, like, some of the lads would probably be thinking, oh, he's only training once a week or whatever, or many nights it is. Like, I do train as often as I can. Um, but I suppose it's down to the individual that you're attracting, and I think Shane knows that you can trust me, and then the lads do as well. So we're performing at quite a high level for a completely part-time team. So I think there's a good balance there between trust and then the person that he actually signed, you know. And what's your goalkeeping division then? Like, who are the other goalkeepers and who's your goalkeeping coach? So, no, Cantwell's goalkeeper coach. Um, he's there a year or two with Cove. Um, he's very good. And then we have a young young keeper who was with the 19s last year. Played a couple of 14 games, Dara Bork. And then Ryan Laney, who came from Cork City. And they're, they're all very good lads. Like, they're very good keepers, great professionals. And yeah, so I'm there to help them as well, you know. Like, yeah. Go a bit older than them. Do you train at all with them? Yeah, I train every Wednesday. Every Wednesday? Yeah, at, at a minimum. Yeah. And then I try to get up on a Monday if I can. But the Mondays are a bit later, so you're getting home really late. And if you're in school the next morning, it's a, it's a bit tough. Yeah. And like, you, you've you been in with Pats occasionally, like where possible you've been training a bit with them, so. Yeah, exactly. So um, hopefully now I'm a little bit more free in the summer, so I'll have time to train on a full-time basis. I was just thinking, lads, like you're both, so are you 30 this year, Chris? Or are you 30? 30 in May. 30 in May. So... Like people talk about the league being a younger league, and that's there's no doubt that's the case. Um, but and one of the reasons for that is that some people with the commitments just they, they, at a certain point they opt to step away and they opt to go and play Leinster Senior or whatever it is if they're not full time, say at a particular point. Have you ever faced that decision in your head, Chris? Like, oh, I don't know if I keep on going with this, or have you always been very set? No, I've been dedicated and want to play, and maybe six seven years ago i kind of got a bit of a pain with it and then tim obviously took over the job at Drotta. Tim clancy yeah and me and tim had a great relationship from sligo and bray before that so he kind of asked me to sign first and i kind of got the love back when i started playing for Drotta again and i had a great time 
with him and Kev there. So I loved it. So that was my kind of middle of my se- middle of my career sort of thing where I was thinking, oh, do I want this? And then since then, I've just just can't get away from it. You know what I mean? Even if you don't like it, like you just have to keep going. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I mean people there is an opinion out there i mean it, it is possible right it is possible and we'll see what way things go i mean yesterday could go down waterford could come up sorry galby could come up sorry johnny um and then you like the playoffs could go in a particular way where the premier division is all full-time next year and the pfei are even talking about maybe making that like do you see a future for say part-time players in the premier division in no, this league I was just talking to Lee about that actually outside and we were just having a bit of a chat about that it is tough as in the amount of teams that are part time say say drop is not part time just trying the evening but it is basically full time yeah you know, without the rest but yeah it is it is a tough stage for a player people that likes myself that kind of came up and have a job and want to do both you know that sort of way but then again like I could have went full time last year and kind of swung both ways, done work, and then went to training. But you're still not getting the rest in between. You're rushing around. Yeah. So it is it is hard for people as well. But you have to be getting the right money as well to be playing full-time. That's that's my thing. Well, that's the know. challenge for Drogheda, for example. Like Yeah, exactly. Like you, you can't be going up there for buttons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And saying you're a full-time player and having no job. And then you get older and you're trying to save for a house or whatever. Yeah, well, that's the big thing. Like that's the, for, for full-time players, as you know, and you'll know them, lads, like you'll have made to have full, at full-time clubs and it seems like a great lifestyle, but then they go for a house or they go for a market and they can't do it. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the thing for me. It was like, I'd done the full-time and it was great, loved it, but financially, you're better off working and playing, you know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, you're getting older and then you have to think of these things, if you have kids, if you want to get married, you know, that sort of way. You yeah. Need, you need a steady income coming in, so it's more important for me now, obviously, my job, but football is the most important thing, but, you know, yourself, I just kind of keep going with the two of them, and I'm lucky enough where Ray came along, it's convenient to me, and I love it, like, I love it so far, so. It's a good fit, I mean, Lee, I know you've been involved with the, the PFEI at various times with various things, like, what do you make of that whole thing? Because I'm sure, I think your mates with Pico, right, like, he's a good mate of yours, and I'm sure there's times where, you know, you'd, you'd envy what he's doing, going to have to play in European games. And of course, but on the other side of it, a lot of those lads who are playing full-time in football, they have to face at some decision, at some point in their life, where we need to get going and, and you're on the road in another way, if you know what I mean. So how do you weigh up that whole equation yourself? Yeah, to be fair to Pico, he definitely deserves everything he gets. You know, he's an ultimate professional. So I'm really happy for him and the situation that he's in. But yeah, I was driving by Bowes training ground on a Wednesday there last week. I was in the taxi and I was getting jealous. I was like, ah, oh, there's the lads in training. Well, probably not on a Wednesday, they're probably off. But um, obviously I'd love to be full time. But as Chris touched there, the money, like I'm, I bought a house last year with my fiance. We're getting married in a couple of years. Johnny is looking for an invite too. Jesus. Uh, I even know how they met and everything. Yeah, I know. Like 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 long drive, isn't it? Yeah. One and a half hours, yeah. No, yeah. I flew in though, didn't it, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, there's... Um, I'm I'm obviously trying to put the infrastructure in place. So when I am qualified, I do I will have options. And then come the end of this year, um, I will have a lot more freedom to decide what I want to do in football. And obviously, as a goalkeeper, I'll be looking to go on Alan Manis territory. Like okay, his yeah. age, you know, I'll be looking to play that long. And thankfully, I've, I've stayed injury free and I'm hoping to do so. But as Johnny alluded to, it, the most important thing is to play. You know, there's no point going to, to another team to make up the numbers. You know. Mm. What would you need to be offered to make full time to make full time actually a viable option for you? We'll say. See, this is the thing. Like I've spoke to clubs before, and as a goalkeeper coming in to a full time environment, 
they don't necessarily always get the the best money, but I have substantial outgoings that need to be um need to be covered. So they're talking high forties, like that's the truth. Yeah, it's, well, which is probably standard uh, salary for for most people. Like, anyway. I live in Dublin. I I have a lot of expenses here, and you're looking for. Like it's it's small money really when you think yeah, about it. No, it's not a whole lot. Like we we did well to get a house on on both of our salaries. Like and mm. the fiance earns a lot more than me. Did you feel, Chris, that like did you feel uh, regretful after the eight months at Sligo that did you did, did it come into your head that could be my one bit of full time football? Like even Kev Doherty, like I think he's crying out for to be a full time manager at, at at a club like be it Drogheda or somewhere else that like can can bring you to the next level. Did you feel? I don't know that that was my chance gone, or did you just you were happy to be playing? No, I didn't regret it at all. Like I done my best. I worked hard, like I always do, and anything. It was just kind of English players coming in on loan, where it kind of stood in my way, where I couldn't play. So, um, they got rid of me, or not got rid of me. They asked me that I want to leave, and then I had an option in Bray as soon as I came back. So I went into a good Bray side that year uh, with Harry Kenny. Or, yeah, Harry Kenny. So I went in there and I was playing straight away. So it all fitted in for me at the time. I enjoyed myself. So, and then, yeah, as you said, Kev's looking for the full time, but it's just finances, really, isn't it, for him? Is full time boring? No, it's hard. It's a lot of time. Like when you're down the country, like there's only so much you can do, you know. Sligo's a small town as well, like. A yeah, great town, though. Yeah. I loved, loved, loved it. I had a great time. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great town. It, it can be boring, but. The group we had was unbelievable. Like it was all a new group and players from all over England, down the country, you know, dubs, and it was great, great time. I, I I do wonder though, can it kind of galvanize a squad like Cove now when everyone has kind of different sort of backgrounds, different working arrangements where we're kind of mucking in this together, like Yeah, well in fairness, I think if you look at our performances on the pitch and the way we're set up, tactically, um Shane has it set up really well, but the lands have a lot of fight and desire in them as well. And a lot of quality. In fairness, we have some really good young players, and if you actually watch us, we we play a good brand of football. I thought you were excellent against Galway. That's like a, I've seen a handful of games this season. I thought in the first few, I thought you were excellent. Yeah, but yeah. It's, another, it's a moral victory, isn't mm-hmm. it? We come out on the back of a one 0 defeat off a second phase of a set piece, which is probably typical for Galway. Um, they just pounce on those sort of uh, opportunities. <laughs> But it, like we did play well, but I had to make like ten saves as well. So mm, and I think Brendan Clark man the match. It is funny though, Dan. He was saying that night that uh, Shane Keegan gives him a lift half of the way home to Dublin. So I'm kind of thinking the dynamic of like if he's wavering about picking you the next day, like does he throw that out there? Like you did a shite game tonight, you know what I mean? I can't. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'd say Lee's safe as places reasonably safe given the circumstances of his uh, of his deal there. You Do you know? know what I mean? Like the manager's giving you a lift halfway up to Port Leash or whatever it is. Like yeah, someone was asking me, oh, what's that like traveling with Shane? Is that a bit mad? I was like, no, Shane is he's bang on. He's sound in fairness to him. Um, we have a good chat about football, everything. He was obviously working with him a lot between off the ball and, and other things. So now Shane is what he is and got on really well. We have open conversations all the time. Mm. So obviously with the league this year, generally there's a buzz. Um, like, you know, tennis is up, I think, 27%. Now, again, like a lot of people, again, that'll be focused around the Premier Division. But are you feeling that in the First Division too? Um, that that little bit more of a, of a lift just around the league generally? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, since COVID, like... Every ground, there's good crowds at it, you know. But now, even Bray, the start of the year, we're getting decent enough crowds, you know what I mean? So, no, it seems to be everywhere we go. Galway does be packed out. Up in Finn Harps, it was busy. In Cove, even had a good crowd, yeah, when we went down to them. But, yeah, no, everywhere seems to be uh, busy enough and a lot of crowds, yeah. But just in terms of the like the, the first division this season, I mean, it is true that the full-time teams are, and Galway have blitzed it. Galway are, or sorry, you know, Waterford are, are second. Like, is that just purely, like... 
is that just come down to resources ultimately like do you always accept well you know those lads the life that they live is slightly different to ours or is it just bigger budget better players like you know what do you put it down to um yeah a bit of a bit of both to be fair like there there is good players at them but there's good players at all the clubs you know what yeah. I mean? even coves bray you know longfords they're all decent decent players but yeah it comes down to obviously they have bigger budget Boys have a lot more time in their hands to rest up and recover, you know, that's the stuff we don't have, you know, that sort of way. So the recovery must be a big thing, like. Yeah, it's massive. If you don't have that sort of in you to do the extra bit, like myself, I do a lot extra, but some players just wouldn't on their days off, they God knows what they do. But then again, if you're full time, you have time to go to the gym or the lads can go to the recovery rooms together, you know, that sort of way. If you're down the country like Galway, Waterford, they're probably all together, living together, that sort of thing, so... But we don't. We just go train and, you know, you have your Tuesday off and if you don't do it, then, you know, nobody's going to do it for you or push it through. What's your gym sort of routine at Bray then or is it up to yourselves? Um, it's more or less up to yourself. You know, we have a sort of program from our physio, say if you're coming back from injuries or whatever. So I'd have obviously Tuesdays, Sundays and Thursday. I'd, that would be my gym days or Saturday morning after training. i go to the gym, up to the pill with the lads. That'd be about it. Or mm. We got down to the sea after training in Greystone, so it's kind of that's the way we have to do it. But as a group, we come in on a Saturday and do our own recovery, and then after that, it's down to down to yourself to eat right and go to the gym. You know. What about yourself? Um, I'm only recently getting back to the gym. Like I was literally, I was so busy, and then when you go back to the gym for the first time after a while, you're really sore. So we couldn't mm-hmm. afford to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Training a match day, so I'm literally I'm back in the gym now four or five days a week. And, just getting as much uh, trying, trying to get as fit as possible. Mm. I'm just thinking like when you you come back on a Friday night after dropping your man and you go in the car for a few hours in the taxi and like, you know, you have that awkward small talk with someone in a car going, <laughs> busy yourself tonight. And you say, well, actually, yeah, I just played a League of Ireland first division match in Galway and I drove back. I mean, I don't know, do you ever encounter people from the football world in your world? Yeah, yeah. If, if you have an idea that someone might be into football, you might have a little chat, but I try and avoid dropping uh any sort of oh, it was in trying to hint where I was playing to see if they might yeah, try and uh, get the question out. But no, um, just a lot of people are really drunk at, at that hour, so you you don't know what they're going to be saying really. So. Mm. It's a mad, it's a mad existence. Just thinking, what's the um, like? How much is the enjoyment value still there? Like, I mean, we talk about money and surviving and getting in it, but I assume there's still. Like people say the game has got very serious and it's a more professional in some ways, but I assume there's still a massive crack angle to it though. It keeps you involved. The buzz of the dressing room, like you were five months in a dressing room together, but you actually get on, you can tell you can get on okay, if you know what I mean. Is there still enjoyment, the pure enjoyment of being around that dressing room that you would miss if you ever had to step away from it? Yeah, I think that would kill me to be fair if I if I didn't have that, you know, that sort of way. I love it. Uh, young lads, older players, even the man, air staff are great, you know what I mean? You can kind of bounce off each other, but... That's one thing that I probably will miss when I when I do retire or whatever is that bit of crack with the lads and that when you win a game, there's nothing better than winning a tough game, you know, or, you know, boys fighting for each other on the pitch and I love that f- sort of feeling after a game, you know, so no, that will be a big miss when I Yeah, because like, I mean, obviously aside from your two current clubs are the best dressing rooms you've ever been in, right? But aside <laughs> from that, like what dressing rooms do you always recall as like, that was a great time? Uh, that was a great dressing room. The, probably the second second year with him that was a great like sort of we had who were the characters time. then like in that sort of time Shawnee Brennan Luke Aller Skinners we, mm. had, we had a great group there you know at that time and it was just kind of we all stuck together nobody was on big money there was no there was nothing you couldn't be a bit of an arsehole in that dressing yeah. room at all you know Um, so 
even the bride dressing room this year is very good though uh very good mix with the likes of dan dan's a great lad and then yeah you have the likes of webby and myself and then you have just dave webster yeah, yeah. a few stories yeah, and yeah yeah, mad yeah. Man, madman but he's he's great though he's like a great character and a great captain so no it's a it's a good group and bray at the moment and like it's a good place to be so briefly on tim like where, i was just thinking of him today what, what do you think he's going through his head now is he's processing where i go from here i suppose oh god knows what's gone through Tim's head now, but <laughs> now i don't know like tim's gonna have opportunities like excellent manager great man manager good person you know that sort of way so no i was only texting him there a few weeks ago so now tim will be grand and he'll find something but now he was good for me and you know I was go for him, so we kind of mm. had a good mix to each other. You know what I mean, Lee? You want you were saying you want to play till the Alice, Alan Manis age. I think you were. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. I think you said he was the best goalkeeper in the league. When we on the lift home. What do you make of the standard in general? Like we had, um, who do we have on lately, Dan, from the goalkeepers union? I'm trying to think, goalkeepers. You should remember. Barry, so Barry Murphy. Longo. Barry Murphy. Barry Murphy. You, th- you thought it was Brian Murphy until he came in. Brian Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, he was. A, he was some keeper. Oh, he was an interesting case because he spent most of his career as a second. Yeah, like. He was. He was class. Though he. Like, yeah. I remember playing Gaelic for Dublin Miners, and uh, he come up and trained as one of the nights, and his kicking was just unbelievable. I didn't realize who he who he really was at that time. I knew who he played mm. for, but didn't realize his League of Ireland background. And he was class. But um, would yeah. you have Manus as number one? Hundred percent. He's miles ahead of anyone. In the really? League. Yeah. Why? It's, it's not even close to composure. Um, his ability to learn as he gets older. Like I never would have had Alan as the most comfortable with the ball on his feet. And you look at him now, and he never loses possession. And even his his kicking is like really good. He's just he's top class. I I, I don't know. I I get slagging for this when I'm on about the goalkeepers. But like, the, what do you make the standard in general in the Premier Division? I'm just waiting for me to get an opportunity for a good team, not be peppered every week. And then, uh, <laughs> then I, I, I might get a chance in that question. But no, I think the standard is good. I think. Um, the problem with goalkeeping is you make one mistake and it's it's a, it's a goal nearly all the time. So standard, yeah, I suppose. You know, I was listening a couple of weeks ago and you're talking. There's not really that many older keepers. It's more of a young younger keepers coming through. I just stick with it. I think we have some good keepers in the league. Obviously, Connor Cairns is flying at the moment. Brian Marwell is doing really well. So yeah, I think the standard is good. But a lot of people give goalkeepers a bit of flack and. They're probably not in the best position to do so. I don't, yeah, yeah. How do you mean by that, though? Like, if you ever listen to when Casper Schmeichel went on to um, to Sky with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, like he broke down the goalkeeping like second by second, nearly, and the lads were actually like, "Oh yeah, fair enough." And Rob Green does it really well as well. So I think you always need a goalkeeper's perspective when people are saying, "Oh, goalkeeper should be doing this, should be doing that." It's completely different when you're actually goalkeeping in the moment. That's the truth. Yeah, I, I, I do think remember the, the, lack of, the lack of goalkeeping pundits is always yeah. a thing. And I do remember we, 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 we put on a couple of videos of the highlights on the way home and obviously we, we stopped the car and all that. You weren't looking at them whilst driving on DM, whatever oh. it is. But but you were, I remember there was one goal where you're like, oh, if I, if I were the goalie, uh, it was like a one-on-one and you were weighing up exactly how you would approach a one-on-one where you come to the edge of the box and you were, you were breaking it down for me. It was like, I'd never even heard that before. Yeah, so it's easy to say that when you're looking at it, like mm. looking at it back. You think you can save every goal. That's the truth. But there are, like obviously I'm an experienced goalkeeper at this stage so there are certain things I will deal with each time so just this particular statistician um, called John Harrison and he's a goalkeeper analyst and he's unbelievable but he basically breaks down the stats on 1v1s and what goalkeeper should be doing at, at certain times like it might be a 20% chance of a goal but if a goalkeeper makes a certain movement like rushing out to the edge of the box it's a 70% 
So this particular one we were looking at, a goalkeeper came to the edge of the box when there was no need to. If he had a start high and dropped onto a six yard, it, narrow, it, it basically makes a harder, like Chris will tell you, um, it, it makes it a harder opportunity for the striker if you don't make his mind up from, like if he has to actually think. Whereas if you go and press him, you can either just go around or chip it over you, whatever it is. So that's just certain things where I, I try and identify how I can actually prevent a goal by just being in a certain position. Who's the best, though, uh, from your perspective of one-on-ones when you're dealing with a keeper? Lee. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, Lee. Lee has a good reputation, uh, actually, having spoken to a few people around the league, because I, I don't know much about goalkeepers, but Lee's reputation, actually... Yeah, I don't really like goalkeepers that much. I yeah. like Lee, but, you know <laughs> what I mean, they're all a bit mad, so I'm just going to stay away from them. But no, uh, no, Clarkie was always mm. good. I always yeah, found Clarkie quality. You know, Conor Cairns was flying. With uh, with Shells this year as well, so scored a few against Allen. So I'm kind of have you scored? You you had a good record against Allen, Allen, did you? Yeah, I just scored scored a few. Yeah, me last goal for draw that was against Rovers when we got them one 0 up and mm. uh, up in United Park. So sorry, sorry, Chris, he's a good record against me every game except they're always offside or handball. Must be in five games where always scored me, but they were this loud. <laughs> you know there was three then they weren't offside as well. So I did the. The success of Kev Doherty is that is that any surprise to you? I know we have to wrap shortly, but yeah, no, no, I'm delighted for them. They're doing great, like you know, for whatever the budget they have and that sort of thing. But they're they're flying at the moment, so now hopefully they keep going. I I just wish them all the best and what they do, you know. Did you expect to have scored more goals at this stage yourself this season? This season, yeah, mm. definitely hundred percent. Mm. You've won in the league, is it? Won the league, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I kind of had a little bit of a niggle there the last few weeks, so I've been out, but now. I'm working hard, so hopefully the end of the season can be good for me. So I'm just going to keep working hard and keep going and see how it goes. So double header this weekend, lads. It's sort of um, this is the it's the illustration of what we're talking. I'm just looking what Chris we've got on Friday at home to Galway. Of course, this is why Johnny wants to talk to you. And then you're away in Atlone on Monday. And Lee, for you, it's well, we've got we've got away to Wexford. And actually a home to Longford. So the Wexford is sort of a shorter trip. Right? Yeah, so we played Bray last week when it was like a home game for me. It was home and all at quarter to 11. It was great. So I was looking forward to that. So um, yeah. Wexford isn't too far either. It's just over an hour. So yeah, no, we've we've a big week. Wexford, Longford and Treaty. So three of them are teams chasing us. You know, and Longford is obviously my own club. So three huge games before the break. And uh, would be a telling position afterwards. Because the playoff thing, I mean, the playoff equation is brilliant, though. It keeps your season alive. Can you imagine if it was just one and one? Now, like, you know, if you were just... Totally. You know, like, what, what would, like, clubs would be releasing players in the midpoint of the season. And, and we all know that would, mm. that's what happens. Like, you know, and this is the argument against, you know, going for maybe too big a league sometimes that teams, if they're not competitive in the second half of the season, they'll cut players. That's what they always, if they've nothing Absolutely. to play for. It must be great to have that edge that even if you had a bad start to the season doesn't matter you had a great start to the season Bray maybe a little bit slower start but you've got something to play for every week yeah 100% yeah it's uh, it's great the playoffs they're an absolute nightmare when you're involved in them though because there's you've, well, you've, you've experienced all the emotions yeah, of yeah, Trotter yeah, yeah there's a lot of pressure like Finn Harps broke her heart like for you years. were on that one where yeah coming back down the road from uh, Finn Harps yeah. yeah that pitch that that night I'd broken rib in that game it was honestly the worst night in my life playing football yeah. I hated it but now they are great uh, great times like if you do well in them but they're they're tough like they're they're draining they're emotional like you know what I mean so uh, it's tough but it's good to play you have a lot to play for during the league and it's very tight at the moment so hopefully we can both, both our teams stay in it. It, and then it, it is class because literally all Bar Kerry who are obviously just starting off all Bar Kerry have aspirations finishing the playoffs 
and then you have Galway United who look like they're clear. Just briefly though, like, and I know we're running out of time, but the, the if Cove did get get up, like, then it's almost like, well, Jesus, now that we're in the Premier Division, what the what do we do here? Like, yeah, it'd be it'd be a huge jump, obviously, but it's definitely not impossible. Like, we went that, up. That's with, the, do you know what I mean? That's the part time uh, yeah. full time thing that Dan's on about. Yeah. Like, how do you then like oh. Absolutely, and we went up at Longford though in a similar situation. Longford probably would have been in a little bit better position. I think Culver's probably still a little bit off, but yeah, that's obviously our aspirations. Um, it would be a huge challenge, that's the truth. Um, Premier Division, there's a lot of difference in quality and obviously part-time teams will definitely struggle. So I think um, we'll have to worry about that whenever it comes. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Lads, the lads in, lads. Good having you in. Um, good to hear your, your uh, stories on your football lives and hopefully, yeah have you in again soon you'd probably be meeting in the playoffs this year right I mean this is like there's every chance there's a, there's a, we'll see how the, how the friendship survives that like a one on one that's what we want a one on one he's onside let's see who wins yeah. uh, uh, I've <laughs> never been to the Harbour Bar and Bray so it was a good time to start Friday night strongly recommended absolutely great, yeah. pl- great place yeah. yeah see you for a pint after the game no, no, match, match Monday, so not this week. Yeah, he's going to match yeah. Monday. And he Wrong won't be week. giving you a lift home either because he lives in Bray. Here we are. Tom and Nifty. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. very much, lads. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks lads. Thanks again to the lads. As Dan referenced there, it is a double fixture list. Uh, Derry Shells, Drogheda Cork, UCD, St. Pat's, uh, Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Bowes-Sligo Rovers. They're all Friday night, then into the Monday. It's Cork City, Bowes, Dundalk, UCD, Sligo, Shamrock Rovers, Pat Derry, uh, Shells, Drogheda United. On to the first division, um, and we haven't even mentioned this, 12 points to gap, Dan. Wexford, Cove, Waterford, Treaty, Bray, Galway, game I'll be at. Um, Athlone, Longford, Finn Harps, Kerry, they're all Friday. And on Monday, Kerry, Waterford, uh, Cove, Longford, Galway, Finn Harps, Treaty, Wexford, Athlone, the Bray Wanderers, Dan. Yes, and regular listeners will be realised that we have not done this week's trivia question. We'll leave it till the end. We did have a question from someone, they want to be named, but they said, listen, some of these trivia questions, they're a little bit retro, and I feel like you've new fans of the league, they need something a little bit more uh, present sometimes. I accept that. So now I've gone for a question that is a little bit current, but I'm beginning to think it might be too hard. Um, go ahead. But anyway. actually, it's not too hard. People can easily find it by cheating. Yeah, but I think to ahead. know it off the top of your head. Um League of Ireland returned after lockdown in 2020. Do you remember we had the long break and then football came back? How long was the break? On a Friday in July. We didn't play for like four months or something like that. Um, who scored the first goal after lockdown? The player that scored the first goal when the League of Ireland resumed. So it's 2020. I don't know. I actually didn't know this until I went. I, was, I, I remembered who played in the game. But I had to check the, the scores. But um, it was something that happened. So listen, you can find it. But if you if you if you get it off the top of your head without without even having to research, put it in. Like you know, I'm not sure if we believe you, but like you know, re- reference it. Uh, but get a, get our get our questions in to LY Central Pod on Twitter on Instagram. And as we mentioned, there's a, a guided tour of Rascalsbury for the winner. Highly recommended by winners. Yes, and uh, thanks very much to Rascals. I, I, I didn't actually mention very briefly, oh. both of us had reason to give out shit about a pub, a different pub at the weekend, and neither of us has, actually. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, Are you so, just going to leave it, or...? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Well, we, we, we okay, let's just say, we were, let's just say there's a hypothetical scenario where two people... Uh, go for a drink on a Saturday evening in He's Dublin, right. City Cent- <laughs> Dublin City Centre. They go into a pub. They're showing the end of a monster match. Absolutely fine. Um, and they go and they ask the staff, could they put on, uh, the, at the time it was the playoff final between Luton was, and Coventry, yeah. which was finishing first. And then maybe could they put on the Ireland under 17. It's a busy Against pub. Spain. It's a busy pub. European quarter final. You were told, 
we are a rugby pub. We do not show football. What was the pub? Um, and then someone else went up, because it could just not like us, but then someone else went up and asked, got the same response, and the staff were like, listen, it's not our policy, um, it's the policy from above, um, but we, uh, we don't show football. I said, what, I, ever? Like, you know, whatever the game is, no, no, we don't show it, we don't have the channels. I was like, well, this is on RTU News now. I'm not sure if they have that either. Um, I'm not sure if they watch the Eructus report in there. But um, yeah, I was a bit shocked. But I mean, look, you'd have to get over it. You can't hold grudges, but it's uh, Sheehan's off Grafton Street. So uh, we'll be back next We're week. also in association with uh, Future Ticketing, uh, Collar and Cuff, and uh, yeah, that's it.